Section 4 of The Emperor of Portugalia by Selma Lagerlöf. Translated by Velma Swanston Howard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Lars Rolander. Section 4 Glory Goldie's Illness. When the little girl of Rufflock was three years old, she had an illness which must have been the scarlet fever, for her little body was red all over and burning hot to the touch. She would not eat, nor could she sleep. She just lay tossing in delirium. Jan could not think of going away from home so long as she was sick. He stayed in the hut day after day, and it looked as though Eric of Falla's rye would go unthreshed that year. It was Katrina who nursed the little girl, who spread the quilt over her every time she cast it off, and who fed her a little diluted blueberry cordial, which the housewife at Falla had sent them. When the little maid was well, Jan always looked after her, but as soon as she became ill, he was afraid to touch her, lest he might not handle her carefully enough, and would only hurt her. He never stirred from the house, but sat in a corner by the hearth all day, his eyes fixed on the sick child. The little one lay in her own crib, with only a couple of straw pillows under her, and no sheets. It must have been hard on the delicate little body, made sensitive by rash and inflammation, to lie upon the coarse toe-cloth pillow-casings. Strange to say, every time the child began to toss on the bed, Jan would think of the finest thing he had to his name, his Sunday shirt. He possessed only one good shirt, which was of smooth white linen, with a starched front. It was so well made that it would have been quite good enough for the superintendent at Doveness, and Jan was very proud of that shirt. The rest of his wearing apparel which was in constant use, was as coarse as were the pillow-casings the little girl lay on. But maybe it was only stupid in him to be thinking of that shirt. Katrina would never in the world let him ruin it, for she had given it to him as a wedding present. Anyhow, Katrina was doing all she could. She borrowed a horse from Eric of Falla, wrapped the little one in shawls and quilts, and rode to the doctor's with her. That was courageous of Katrina, though Jan could not see that it did any good. Certainly no help came out of the big medicine bottle she brought back with her from the apothecaries, nor from any of the doctor's other prescriptions. Perhaps he would not be allowed to keep so rare a jewel as the little girl, unless he was ready to sacrifice for her the best that he had, mused he but it would not be easy to make a person of Katrina's sort understand this. Old Finna Karin came into the hut one day while the girl lay sick. She knew how to cure sickness in animals, as do all persons of her race, and she was not so bad either at conjuring away styes and boils and ringworms, but for other ailments one would scarcely think of consulting her. It was hardly the thing to expect help from a witch-doctor for anything but trifling complaints. The moment the old woman stepped into the room, she noticed that the child was ill. Katrina informed her that it had the scarlet fever, but nobody sought her advice. 
that the parents were anxious and troubled she must have seen of course for as soon as katrina had treated her to coffee and jan had given her a piece of plug tobacco she said entirely of her own accord this sickness is beyond my healing powers but as much i am able to tell you you can find out whether it's life or death keep awake till midnight then on the stroke of twelve place the tip of the forefinger of your left hand against the tip of the little finger eyelet like and look through at the young one notice carefully who lies beside her in the bed and you'll know what to expect katrina thanked her kindly knowing it was best to keep on the good side of such folk but she had no notion of doing as she had been told jan attached no importance to the advice either he thought of nothing but the shirt but how would he ever be able to muster courage enough to ask katrina if he might tear up his wedding shirt that the little girl would not get any better on that account he understood to be sure and if she must die anyhow he would just be throwing it away katrina went to bed that evening at her usual hour but jan felt too troubled to sleep seated in his corner he could see how glory goldie was suffering that which she had under her was too rough and coarse he sat thinking how nice it would be if he could only make up a bed for the little girl that would feel cool and soft and smooth his shirt freshly laundered and unused lay in the bureau drawer it hurt him to think of its being there at the same time he felt it would hardly be fair to katrina to use her gift as a sheet for the child however as it drew on toward midnight and katrina was sleeping soundly he went over to the bureau and took out the shirt first he tore away the stiff front then he slit the shirt into two parts whereupon he slipped one piece under the little girl's body and spread the other one between the child and the heavy quilt that covered her that done he stole back to his corner and again took up his vigil he had not sat there long when the clock struck twelve almost without thinking of what he was doing he put the two fingers of his left hand up to his eye ring fashion and peeped through at the bed and lo at the edge of the bed sat a little angel of god it was all scratched and bleeding from contact with a coarse bedding and was about to go away when it turned and felt of the fine shirt running its tiny hands over the smooth white linen then in a twinkling it swung its legs inside the edge of the bed and lay down again to watch over the child at the same time up one of the bedposts crawled something black and hideous which on seeing that the angel of god seemed about to depart stuck its head over the bedside and grinned with glee thinking it could creep inside and lie down in the angel's place but when it saw that the angel of god still guarded the child it began to writhe as if suffering the torments of hell and shrank back toward the floor the next day the little girl was on the road to recovery katrina was so glad the fever was broken that she had not the heart to say anything about the spoiled wedding shirt though she probably thought to herself that she had a fool of a husband 
calling on relatives one sunday afternoon jan and glory goldie set out together in the direction of the big forest the little girl was then in her fifth year silent and serious father and little daughter walked hand in hand as if bent upon a very solemn mission they went past the shaded birch grove their favorite haunt past the wild strawberry hill and the winding brook without stopping then disappearing in an easterly direction they went into the dense part of the forest nor did they stop there wherever could they be going by and by they came out on a wooded hill above luby from there they went down to the scale pan where country road and town road cross they did not go to nesta or to nysta and never even glanced toward der fram and Povalm, but went farther and farther into the village no one could have told just where they were bound for surely they could not be thinking of calling upon the hindricksons here in luby to be sure bjorn hindricksons wife was a half-sister of jan's mother so that jan was actually related to the richest people in the parish and he had a right to call hindrickson and his wife uncle and aunt but heretofore he had never claimed kinship with these people even to katrina he had barely mentioned the fact that he had such high connections jan would always step out of the way when he saw bjorn hindrickson coming and not even at church did he go up and shake hands with him but now that jan had such a remarkable little daughter he was something more than just a poor labourer he had a jewel to show and a flower with which to adorn himself therefore he was as rich as the richest as great as the greatest and now he was going straight to the big house of bjorn hindrickson to pay his respects to his fine relatives for the first time in his life the visit at the big house was not a long one in less than an hour after their arrival jan and the little girl were crossing the house-yard toward the gate but at the gate jan stopped and glanced back as if half-minded to go in again he certainly had no reason to regret his call both he and the child had been well received bjorn hindrickson's wife had taken the little girl over to the blue cupboard and given her a cookie and a lump of sugar and bjorn hindrickson himself had asked her name and her age whereupon he had opened his big leather purse and presented her with a bright new sixpence jan had been served with coffee and his aunt had asked after katrina and had wondered whether they kept a cow or a pig and if their hut was cold in winter and if the wages jan received from erik of falla were sufficient for their needs no there was nothing about the visit itself that troubled jan when he had chatted a while with the hindricksons they had excused themselves which was quite proper saying they were invited to a tea that afternoon and would be leaving in half an hour jan had risen at once and said good-bye knowing they must allow themselves time to dress then his aunt had gone into the pantry and had brought out butter and bacon had filled a little bag with barley and another with flour and had tied them all into a single parcel which he had put into jan's hand at parting 
it was just a little something for katrina she had said she should have some recompense for staying at home to look after the house it was this parcel jan stood there pondering over he knew that in the bundle were all sorts of good things to eat the very things they longed for at every meal at rufflag still he felt it would be unfair to the little girl to keep it he had not come to hindrickson's as a beggar but simply to see his kinsfolk he did not wish them to entertain any false notions as to that this thought had come to him instantly the parcel was handed to him but his regard for the hindrickson's was so great that he would not have dared refuse it now turning back from the gate he walked over to the barn and put the parcel down near the door where the housefolk constantly passed and would be sure to see it he was sorry to have to leave it but his little girl was no beggar nobody must think that she and her father went about asking alms end of section four read by Lars Rolander.